this series on the doctrines we're dealing with all the doctrines of the Bible and one of those doctrines that is very important to the Christian is the doctrine of Satan the word doctrine means teachings of belief that means things that you believe that's your doctrine we dealt with a number of doctrines already but this one is very very critical because it deals with our opposition it deals with the devil this session I want to deal with the character of Satan write that down please in your notebooks the character of Satan I want to begin with a statement and you can write this statement down all the problems in the world is as simple as day and night I'm gonna explain that in a moment all the problems we face in the world every problem whether it's a social economic emotional family physical problem it's a result of day and night it's as simple as light and dark the mystery of life is really explained by light and dark in essence life should not be lived in black and white it should be lived in dark and light what the devil has done very successfully is reduced life to black and white therefore we walk around with racist tendencies but this issue is not a matter of pigmentation color of skin no it's above that it's actually between dark and light not black and white you will note carefully for example that the Bible takes much pain to describe the predicament of mankind not in terms of black and white but in terms of dark and light the scriptures even lists our problem as being men who walk in darkness have seen a great light it never says men who walk in blackness I've seen a great white but Satan has reduced it to that he's made it a problem of pigmentation and racism and and, and, and and skin color but really our problem is a problem of darkness and light the Bible says men love darkness not blackness because their deeds are what dark and evil not because their deeds are black now even when we describe for example in our children's plays and different movies when we, when we describe evil we usually use black things you've seen that right if there's a play with demons the demons are dressed in black well that is that is a very dangerous thing because it can give impressions that are really erroneous and maybe even teach some things conceptually that would be negative to those who are being influenced by that no this is not a black and white thing it's a dark and light thing as a matter of fact the Bible really called describes sin as being crimson not black and that's important because there are people who may feel insulted and maybe even a little bit depressed over the fact that maybe if you describe evil and devil and sin as black they may begin to feel 
a little bit negative toward their own self-concept. No, the devil is a liar. And his entire philosophy is based on lies. And his lie he's selling us is that the world is a matter of black and white. I have come to expose the devil today. And I'm here to tell you that this is not a black and white issue. It's a dark and light issue. Write this question down. What is darkness? And why does the Bible describe man's problem as a dark problem? Second question. What is light? And why does the Bible describe God's solution as being the light of the world, not the white of the world? The Hebrew concept of darkness is ignorance. Write it down. The word darkness in the Bible refers to ignorance. Matter of fact, the Hebrew word for ignorance is the same root word that is used for darkness. So the concept is very simple. The Hebrew concept of knowledge is light. So when you use the look, when you look at the terms light and dark, you're really talking about knowledge and ignorance. So when you read the Bible, you got to come to the Bible with a new concept in your mind. Don't come to the Bible with racial concept. Come to the Bible with darkness and light concept, knowledge and ignorance concept. This book is about ignorance and knowledge. That's what it's about. It's about how much you know and how much you don't know. God states in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, a very important statement, I want to remind you of it. It says, my people perish because, not because of demons, he says, not because of the devil, not because of Satan, but because of what? Lack of knowledge. Please read that scripture again and make a note of it. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says, my people perish because of a lack of of knowledge. It's not because of the devil, not because of demons, it's not even because of Satan. It's because of lack of knowledge, which is ignorance. Which means, really, the measure of your destruction is directly related to the measure of ignorance or knowledge you possess. That's what God is saying. In other words, you are as you, 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 you live according to what you know or what you don't know. So you are as free as what you know and as bound as what you don't know. How about terms like this then? Jesus says these words. You shall know the truth. And the truth that you know, that will measure your freedom. Which means being saved doesn't mean you are free. Being born again is, a, is an incident in time. Let me give you an example of how serious knowledge is. How many of you in this room were born? Let me see your hands. Sure, obvious, right? But that's not an obvious question in connection to what I'm talking about. You were born. Being born is a result of conception. The same way the Holy Spirit comes into your life and the word is conceived, you are born again. Just like you were born of the flesh, you are born of the spirit. However, suppose as a child, born as a human, you never learn anything. 
You grow up and you never learn. You're still an adult. But what's the problem? Your life will be chaos. Because the less you know, the more people run your life. The more people control you. Your environment controls you. As a matter of fact, they always say, if you want to have a good future, get a good education. Now that, that may not be the complete answer, but there's some truth to that. The more you learn, the better it will be for you to live effectively. That's why getting a degree from college may not be the answer to all your problems, but it's a good one. At least you'll be ahead of those who didn't. Or for those of you who never got a degree, going back to school and getting knowledge you don't have will put you in a position of advantage. Why? Because you will be able to have knowledge that will make you live more effectively. So being born again does not mean you have knowledge. It simply means you have the potential to learn. Just like a child is born and goes to preschool and grade school and high school and college, university and on up, that child has to go to that school. The same way you and I have to do what Paul says to Timothy as a young Christian. He says, study to show yourself approved unto God. I like what Jesus told his disciples. They had just agreed to follow him. Do you know what he said to them? He said, come unto me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He said something we forget. He says, and learn of me. In other words, don't just follow me and get born again, but you got to get some knowledge and understanding from me. Why? Because through the knowledge you gain, your freedom is increased. Satan understands this better than you and I. Therefore, Satan is called, write this down, the prince of darkness. Interesting. Write it down. That's one of his names, the prince of darkness. What is darkness? Ignorance. Very interesting statement. This indicates that he is the source and the ruler of ignorance. Satan's greatest weapon is your ignorance. I'm going to say this until you get it. Satan's greatest weapon is your ignorance. Satan's greatest weapon is your ignorance. Satan's greatest weapon is your ignorance. In other words, the part of your life that is dark, that's the part he uses to get you. The Bible says darkness cannot comprehend light. That means the area where light is, he doesn't even come close to it. It's the parts where you are stupid. It's the dumb parts. It's the parts where you still lack revelation. That's where he rules your life. And I'm talking about saints. He's the prince of darkness. Now the word prince is the word that is defined in the Greek language as first rule. Very important word, prince. It means first rule. Which means that Satan is the first one to be ignorant. He's the chief of ignorance. He founded the foundation of ignorance. <laughs> he is the source of stupidity. Well, we're going to find out why he's the source of stupidity. There's a reason why he is the He's the father of stupidity. He's the father of ignorance. Therefore, he's called the prince of it. 
He's the first rule of it. Secondly, he uses it to destroy and to control humanity. The less we know, the more he controls. Say it with me. The less we know, the more he controls. Remember that about the devil. However, he's the prince of darkness, but on the contrary, Jesus Christ is known as the light of the world. Thank God for the light. I say thank God for the light. Now, what is light? It doesn't mean that Christ is walking around glowing like a bulb. Okay? Those pictures painted by my friend Michelangelo and all the great guys with the halo around him, that's not what the disciples saw. He was a normal human being. He was walking and so normal that in order for them to arrest him, they had to have someone identify him with a kiss. He was not a glowing guy walking in the midst of Palestine. No, he was just like you. The only problem is when you got around him, he started talking. Hallelujah. And when he started talking, he started blowing your mind so much that the people said, no man ever spake like this man. He speaks as one who has authority. His words cause our hearts to burn. In other words, when he spoke, knowledge from the well of truth began to leak out of his lips and it hit ignorance so hard. Ignorance says, wow. And he brings light to darkness. Jesus then is Satan's nightmare. Hallelujah. When Christ shows up, Satan has fits. Why? Because suddenly he cannot control you anymore. That's why the first thing to do is to get born again. When you get born again, you receive the well of salvation. Therefore, you receive the spirit of Christ. And when you are born again, he begins to show you and teach you and lead you into all truth. And the more truth he leads you into, the less Satan has control over your life. Jesus, you know, it's very interesting. I want you to note something in your notes. Satan is called the prince of darkness, which means he is just the prince of it. But Jesus is not called the prince of light. Hallelujah. He's deep. He is the stuff. Come on, somebody. Say amen. He is the light. So Satan is just the prince. He's the son of ignorance. Jesus is true. That's why he said to the people, I am the way. He couldn't lie. I am the truth. He couldn't lie. Why? He is the truth. <laughs> and I am the life. Where does life come from? Truth. The more truth you know, the more you live. Well, how do you find the truth? You got to go the way. Who is the way? Jesus Christ is the way to the truth that gives you life. And the more you stay in the way, the more truth you get, the more life you have. He that had the Son has life because the Son is truth and the truth makes you free. And truth is revelation, knowledge, that God has about life. 
Jesus, however, is called the Prince of Peace, but not the Prince of Light. Why? The more he controls your life, the more peace he brings to your life. The more knowledge you receive, the more peaceful you become. How many of you believe that's a, that's a reasonable logic? Let's be honest. <laughs> how many of you have been afraid of something because you didn't know how it worked? And then you learned how it worked and you wasn't afraid anymore. Knowledge brings peace. Those of you who are pilots, you know, I think we got a few pilots here today, uh, Doc and others. You know, when, you, when you fly in a plane, now the folks who are not trained pilots, they will panic over things that you just smile at. You know, the plane goes through a little bump or something, and I mean that the captain's still drinking coffee. And the people in the back, they're going crazy. I mean, just shaking, oh, Jesus is coming in the revelation, rapture, all this stuff. And the pilot's cruising. Why? Because of knowledge. The difference between the knowledge of the passenger and the pilot makes a difference concerning the attitude. Jesus said, I am the prince of peace. Why? When I bring my light, I also become the first law of peace in your life. I'm the one who brings peace in your heart, in your soul. Therefore, we must understand that the greatest enemy of man is not Satan. The greatest enemy of man is ignorance. Satan is not a problem. It's how much ignorance we have that makes him a problem. People go to hell not because of Satan. People go to hell because of ignorance. There is nothing, there's nothing you need to do to save yourself. Nothing. Everything's already been done. The whole world has already been saved. Everybody has already been secured by the blood of Jesus. Every human being on this planet today have already been paid for, for heaven. The only problem is they don't know. So Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, which means good news. What's the good news? For God so loved the world, he has already sent his son to die on the cross for us. And if you just believe in that son, you shall be saved. It's that simple. The only problem is many people don't know or haven't heard it properly. And I believe in our country, it could be because they haven't heard it properly. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you, you can have a real good product but don't know how to sell it. Anybody here with me? And that's the problem with the church. The church is really good at messing up God's program. You know, we're supposed to preach good news. We preach hell and brimstone and sin and adultery and fire and demons. I'm going to be preaching it to the world, all this hard stuff. Jesus never preached to the world about their sins. He told them about his kingdom, how they can come into it. It's the Pharisees he talked to about sins. Interesting. But the world, they already got bad times. They don't want bad news. I mean, they're catching hell already. They don't want to hear about it. They want to hear about the kingdom, about life, about how they can walk away from all that pressure and oppression and frustration and all that tension. They want to find relief. They want to find life. And guess what? The world really don't want to go to heaven. They just want to live and live abundantly. And that's what Christ came to offer us. 
But we have not been producing the kind of message that the world can understand the goodness of God's light. And so I say to you, we must understand that Satan is really not the problem. It's ignorance. His strength and power in your life is supplied by your ignorance. Make a note. Satan's strength and power in your life is supplied by your ignorance. Satan has no power except your stupidity. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you this is true. You know, Jesus showed us everything about this every day of his life. He was on earth. Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him the way he tempts you. First, he tempts him with appetites and flesh. Appetites have to do with food and sex and, and things like that. Satan comes and tempts him. What did Jesus use to defend himself? The word. He didn't use anything supernatural. He didn't go into some spatial, you know, weird thing. He just says, look, devil, you know it's written. And he attacked the devil. And he won. And in every instance, Jesus used the same thing you got available. Which means the devil is not a problem if you know the word. I'm going to clap for myself. Yeah, that's good teaching. The devil is no problem. Our problem is ignorance. Now, some of you are being attacked right now, and the answer is in Zephaniah 2 verse 6. In other words, you don't even know the book. So you can't even quote the thing to fight the devil. Another problem you got, the answer is found in, in uh, Zechariah 3, 6. And you don't know the book, you ain't never read it. So the devil says, I'm a killer on this end. She don't know that word, I'm a killer. I hear you are quoting the wrong stuff. Are you listening to me? <laughs> Jesus knew the exact scriptures to use against the devil. Notice Paul's weapons. He says the helmet, the breastplate, the, the loincloth, and the shoe, and the shield. But then he says the sword of the word. Now the sword is what you fight with. You don't fight with your helmet nor your armor. You fight with your sword. In other words, the sword is the word. You can't fight if you don't know the word. Now some of y'all got your helmet on, you're saved. Righteousness, you're walking right. You got truth, you're honest with everybody. You want to preach the gospel, and you got your faith. Only trouble is you can't fight, because you ain't got the word. And the devil beating upside your head, turning your... Your helmet backward on. You can't see. He's whipping you upside your back, kicking you, and you trying to quote stuff and don't remember nothing. <laughs> tell your neighbor, get the word, get the word, get the word, get the word. Come on, come on, tell her. Tell your neighbor, get in the word and get the word in you. Satan's strength and power comes from our ignorance. He cannot destroy if we know. That is why it's critical to take this book and eat it. Hello, somebody. God told John, eat this. God told Ezekiel, eat this. He told Jeremiah, eat the scroll. Why? Get this stuff on the inside. Let it become a part of your, your substance and your breathing and your thinking. Why? Because there's going to come a day when the devil pressures you and you want to put some stuff on him when he touches you. The right word comes out. You know, it's difficult for you if I come to you if I come against you with, with a bazooka and you stand there going, hi so Now here I am, I stand there with a big gun. No, no, there's some saints doing this. 
the devil comes against them with a certain type of weapon and they use no kind of wrong scripture. The devil goes, boom! His strength and his power is supplied by our ignorance. In fact, what you don't know is killing you. And Satan, his number one greatest weapon is ignorance. And the most effective weapon in his arsenal, I'm going to give it to you now. He's going to hate this wherever he's peeping in. Satan's greatest weapon in the earth today is not just ignorance, but ignorance of his existence. That's his greatest weapon. If he could make people believe he doesn't exist, he got them. Because you see, if you don't believe I, I, I exist, I could whoop you. You don't know who whooping you. I'll break down your house, burn up your children, destroy everything. You don't even know I'm around. Matter of fact, you don't even believe in me. And the world is filled with people who do not believe in the devil. He's very good at keeping people ignorant. For most people, this diabolical foe has been reduced to a cartoon character today. He's been relegated to the realm of superstition. Matter of fact, the popular concept of Satan is a horned, cloven foot, hideous looking devil taken from some pagan mythology. He's been reduced to some strange, archaic idea, not from the Bible. Some people assure us that there is no such thing as the devil. And they believe that the concept is a creation of uncivilized man attempting to explain the unknown. So they create this concept called the devil. People believe that. In other words, the more sophisticated society becomes, the less we need concepts like devil. So we say things like, if someone is possessed with a demon, we say they are psychologically imbalanced. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I mean, the devil comes upon someone and they go through the town and kills three people and we say, his parents didn't bring him up right. What? I mean, I don't care what kind of parents you got, you ain't going to do that without some help. I mean, not even dogs run around fighting every dog they see. They pick their fights carefully. <laughs> no. The advancement in science and technology and even in the psychological sciences have caused many people to ridicule the thought of an archaic concept as a real living devil. Yet man fails to understand that knowledge and discovery does not cancel reality. I repeat, knowledge and discovery does not cancel reality. What does that mean? It means that no matter how much we learn and how much we discover about anything in life, it doesn't cancel the reality of life. No matter how much we advance in science, knowledge, we cannot cancel the existence of Satan. He's real before you discovered DNA, and he's still real after DNA. 
He was real before we saw Mars through the telescope, and he's still real now that you know about Mars. In other words, discovery doesn't cancel reality. You don't become too smart for the devil. Matter of fact, that's when you think you're really smart. It's when you think you're smarter than the devil. After taking a look at the evil in the world, the present state of our planet, one is forced to ask who's carrying out his business during his absence if he doesn't exist. Someone is behind this stuff. There's no way that you could justify the kind of human behavior we have right here in our own country without some satanic force behind it. I heard of a story recently of someone right here in the country who was held up by a young man from a gang. And the lady said to him, what do you want? Do you want my money? Do you want my purse? What do you want? Anything you want, you can have it. Just don't shoot me. His response was, lady, I already shot two people and I just want to make it a third one. I don't want your money. That ain't, that ain't what I want. I just want to kill somebody. Now tell me, if there's no such thing as the devil. I mean, I thought the money was root of all evil. This fella gone beyond money. He's just evil. He ain't, he ain't with the root, he with the seed. <laughs> he just want to kill for killing's sake. The thief comes not put forth to kill, to steal, and to destroy. This guy is possessed by the thief. Now somebody got to explain ethnic cleansing in Bosnia. How people can wake up one morning and say, we don't like y'all, y'all different from us. Y'all got a different heritage. We can kill everybody. We can get y'all from our city. And then kill everybody who stayed and run everybody else out. I mean, only the devil could make people think of those kinds of concepts to reduce humans to cattle. The devil is scientifically real, theologically present, physically harassing people. He's real. But what is the acid test for believing in Satan? I mean, <laughs> the doctrine of Satan is important to all Christian believers because the scriptures teach us about a real devil and it warns us of his disposition and his opposition against all men, especially against believers. So we got to know and understand the devil. Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11, make a note of that reference. He says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, we are not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2.11, very important statement by Paul. I don't think anyone in the, in the New Testament church knew the devil better than Paul except maybe Peter. Peter knew the devil. But Paul knew the devil very well because Paul actually was led by him for a period of his life. And Paul became a gang leader. 
And Paul went about from city to city harassing the believers. Now, remember, the chief opposition of the church is the devil. And the devil's number one target is not sinners, but believers. Which means Peter, I mean Paul rather, was going after the ultimate goal, destroying Christian believers. So he had to be in cahoots with Satan directly. Now imagine Paul writing, he says, look, I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices or schemes. Which means, don't just study God. Are you listening to me? Write it down. Don't just study God. Study the devil. He says you got to know your enemy's schemes. Study his tactics. Learn his devices. Why? Because it's difficult to fight a person you didn't study. I was watching a documentary on a sports channel some months ago, and they had a, a complete week of the life of Cassius Clay, who became known later as Muhammad Ali. And they were showing his young years of fighting. And they interviewed him, showed all of his interviews. I was very impressed because I didn't hear a lot of that footage that they showed. One of the things they showed was his fight preparation against Sonny Liston and against Norton and all these guys. And, they, and he was telling them what he did. He says he sat down for hours in his house, in his den, and just watched videos of the fighters. And he watched them, and he watched them for hours, the same fighter, for hours. How he held his hand, how high it was, and everything about him. How he threw his left, and how high left ever went, and left never went low. He said he even measured how far the left could go. He went through everything, he said, for hours. So when he walked into the ring, he knew the guy. Come on, somebody. He was not ignorant of their devices. So when they go to swing, he knew how far the arm, he just hit back, and boom, hit him. When they swung a low blow, he knew how it was going to come. He just moved on the side, boom, hit him. In other words, every time they swung, he had an offense against their defense, so he was a defense of an offense. He offended them. <laughs> Paul says, believers, learn Satan's moves. I mean, here you are, 2 o'clock in the morning, fine-looking girl. She smiles. You know that's a laugh, getting ready to go. Don't stand there going, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. No! <laughs> it's time for you to do a Joseph shuffle. <laughs> you know his moves. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. The most important grounds that the Christian believer has for believing in the reality of Satan, apart from your personal experience, of course. I mean, <laughs> I think some of you say, you know, there gotta be a devil. I'm catching so much hell, there gotta be a devil. Some of y'all think he's your husband or your wife. <laughs> One lady told me, she said, <laughs> forgive me, this is so funny. She said, Pastor Miles, my son driving me crazy. I think I had the devil. <laughs> Sometimes you think your children are the devil. No, 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 no. It ain't your husband, it ain't your wife, it ain't your children. It even ain't your boss or your colleague at work. All these are people who are ignorant and Satan may use their ignorance against you, but they are not the devil, okay? People are not the devil. Say it with me. 
People are not the devil. Even though they act like him sometimes, they are not the devil. No. But even though we experience his influence in our lives, that is still not the acid test for believing in him. The acid test for believing in the devil is the fact that Jesus our Lord believed in and confronted and spoke to him. Why is that important? If Satan does not exist, then Jesus was greatly deluded. <laughs> and if Christ was lunatic, that means crazy, speaking to things that don't exist, if Jesus was lunatic and deluded because he spoke to him and he spoke about the devil and he even cast him out, if it doesn't exist, who was he casting out? Who was he talking to? And who was he talking about? And if Satan does not exist, then we cannot believe anything Jesus said. Nor can we believe in him or anything he claims. Because if he lied in one instance, then everything else is questionable. But we know that he is the truth. So whether you think the devil exists or not, if you are a believer, you got to believe. Because the one who you believe in believes. And the one who is your Lord who saved you believes. So you better believe what he believes and otherwise what he believes ain't going to get you. The devil is real. Jesus spoke to him, spoke about him, cast him out, bind him, destroyed him, mashed his head. He's real. And he's still limping around with a head problem trying to hurt the children. That's the devil. He's real. I like what Jesus says in the book of John Chapter 13, verse 2, it says, The devil, having now put it in the hearts of Judas Iscariot to go and betray him, he went to betray him. Matthew 13, 19, Then cometh the wicked one, the evil one, who sold, who sold them in the hearts. John 8, 44, Jesus speaking, You are of your father the devil. Now, if he didn't exist, I don't know who he's talking about. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Verse 44. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Very important statement. He didn't abide where? In the truth. Who is the truth? God. Lucifer left God. God said, you didn't abide in relationship with me. You became a liar. If you walk out of the truth, you're a liar. Interesting. The next statement says, he abode not in the truth, and there's no truth in him. Which, when he speaks, he speaks his native language, which is lies. For he is a liar, Jesus speaking, and the father of lies. Very important statement. Father means source. And the sustainer of lies. He produced lies. He created, he's the first one to start lies. Why? He walked out of the truth. So Satan, Jesus addressed personally, talked about him personally, and in this passage he even talks about his history and his future. He even talks about how he influences men. He says, you are of your father the devil. In other words, the source of your behavior is from Satan. Oh, by the way, it might be important to realize who he's talking about. He's talking to religious leaders. That's interesting. He said, y'all got on all the robes, but y'all father is the devil, he said. In other words, everything you're doing is motivated, instigated, perpetrated, manipulated, and maintained by Satan. That's why religion is such a dangerous thing. Now, religion is not a bad thing in its purity, but when it becomes corrupt, 
by men who are influenced by Satan, then religion becomes a prison and binds people away from God. How many times Jesus said, you will not enter the kingdom, neither will you allow anyone else to enter. It blocks people from going to the truth and the light. Jesus hates darkness. That's ignorance. So he came to shed light to destroy the works of Satan. First John 3, verse 8. He that habitually commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. First John 3, 8. He sinned when? From the beginning. He's the first one to begin sin. What is sin? The word sin in the Hebrew means rebellion against God. Satan was the first one to rebel against God. When you, when you do anything to rebel against God's will for your life, you're sinning. So sin is not these long list of things we have listed. Sin is an attitude toward God. When you rebel against anything that you know is right for God and right with God, you are sinning. So don't get into all these things about, you know, stealing and robbing and cursing and, and all the killing. These are manifestations of sin. Sin is rebellion against God. And the first one to sin was the devil. Why? He rebelled against God and led a rebellion against God. So he became the first one to introduce the spirit of rebellion. And from that point forward, he's been trying to influence men to do the same. Satan is introduced in Genesis chapter 3, which tells you very early he's a, he's a real character. He's introduced in Genesis 3. God doesn't wait and tell Exodus or Deodor. He got him in chapter 3. <laughs> in other words, I want you to meet this guy early. He's real. And secondly, we meet him dealing with a human. So don't think you are off limits. I mean, nothing was wrong with Eve. Pure woman. You think he can leave you alone? Something wrong with you? Nothing wrong with Eve. And he said he tried to get Eve while she was pure. You and I just trying to get our lives back together in the Lord. We're trying to grow in faith and grow in the spirit. You think he can leave you alone? He after you worse than he is about Eve. In chapter 3. Old Testament... Chapter 3, he's introduced. New Testament, in chapter 4, he's introduced. Tempting who? Jesus. In chapter 3, tempting a pure woman, Eve. In chapter 4, tempting Jesus Christ himself. The guy who shows him in all the books. Early, hello, I'm the devil. I live, I exist, and I'm here to mess you up. So God doesn't allow him to even show up gradually. The guy is in the first part of Jesus' ministry. Matter of fact, he started the ministry. Come on, talk to me now. The ministry was started with him. He came out of the water, full of the Holy Ghost. First person he met is the devil. The devil says, yeah, so you want to live right, huh? I understand you want to save the world. My name is D-I-B-L-O. That's the Greek word for devil. I am D-Evil. Take the D away, you get evil, brother. I'm going to evil you up. I mean, he's... that's. The minute you get saved, what do you think going to happen to you? I mean, <laughs> somebody say, well, I'm saved. Yeah, look out. The minute you get saved, here comes the devil. Oh, so you're saved now. So you change it. My career is to make you miserable, and I'm starting today. Now, who tells you you're saved? You mean you believe Pastor Miles, that man? You said, if you save, how come you still won't do them things? And he started off right day one. And you start saying, boy, you know, that's true. You know, if I, they, they tell me I'm a new creature, but boy, I still want some old creature stuff. 
Ain't that right? That's how he works, right? And he comes direct and he begins to gnaw at you. But what you got to do is quickly get the word. Come on, clap your hands. Thank God for the word. Amen. The word. And let me say to you, you don't need a lot of it, just enough for new believers. Whom the Son set free. Free indeed. Let's see here. John 1. And to them gave me power to call themselves sons of God. Oh, yeah. All right. Believe on Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Okay, got enough. Devil, come. Are you saved? Thus saith the Lord is written. I have the power to call myself a son of God. Devil says, whoa. Devil said, wow, she knows her word. You're hoping you don't ask her nothing else. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so how long is this going to last? The devil asks you. You ain't going to last. You better know the word. The word says, you shall have everlasting life. That's all you need to know. Tell him, the word is written. That they that believe in him shall have everlasting life. This is going to last forever. Devil gone again. And then, while he's gone away, come to church. Come on, sit down like you're doing right now and get some teaching. Why? Because the more you learn, the less he controls you, manipulates you, and can frighten you. This is the devil's work. According to the scriptures, Satan has no power over you except what you give him. Satan is introduced early because God wants you to know him early so you don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. We have a job to do in this earth. We have opposition to deal with as well. He is our opposition. And I say to you, the best way to have a good defense is to have a good offense. And the best way to have a good offense is to have knowledge of your opponent. And that's why we must study the devil. A lot of things going on in your family, in your business, in your career, in your life, is really manipulated by Satan. And we're going to have to learn from this series how to identify good and evil. The Bible says we've got to have our senses fine-tuned and trained to decide, decipher the difference between evil and good. Because sometimes things that look good are evil. And I say, the Bible says, you got to be able to distinguish between good and evil. Why? Because good looks like evil sometimes. And evil looks like good sometimes. And if you're not aware of Satan's devices, you fall for it. I say to you, friends, we must remember how he fell. He fell because he aspired to be greater, greater than God. According to the scripture, Satan originally was Lucifer. Write the word Lucifer down. Let me tell you what it means. You're going to be amazed at this. The word Lucifer is the Greek word and the Hebrew word that means the light bearer. Interesting word. Lucifer. The light bearer. Now, it doesn't say he's the light. But now, what you learn about light helps you understand how dangerous he is. You got it, Dave? I mean, think about it. Jesus is the light. That means the truth. He was supposed to originally have been the bearer of the truth. 
Oh, by the way, it might be interesting for those of you in the media and in music to learn something from this. Okay, Brother Mark, listen carefully. It's interesting. He is called a light bearer, but God also made him a musician. Very serious. <laughs> Someone said that much of the problem in our country began with the youth when a musician was invited here to perform. In other words, I want you to put the two together. He's the bearer of the truth and God made him a musician. Didn't make him a preacher. Which means the most powerful way to influence people with your message is music. <laughs> Lucifer was built with pipes in his body, organ pipes, that made music every time the wind of heaven blew over him. He was the light bearer. That's also why he is known as the angel of light. He comes as the angel of knowledge. That means he comes and he tells you, now let me tell you something else. Boy, I want to close on this because it's so critical. The devil knows the truth. He was built to carry it throughout the ages. But he lost his state with God. So God came himself to bring the truth. Lucifer, light bearer. Therefore, are you ready for this? Satan can quote scripture like you won't believe. <laughs> the guy knows the book. The only trouble is he's a liar. From the beginning, the father of lies, which means the truth is not in him. So, <laughs> he quotes scripture, but it's never true. Listen to the device now. Every false religion is full of the Bible. All of them, all of them, full of the Bible. Why? The devil ain't going to use stuff that is foreign. He's going to use the stuff he know about. But he fixes it just enough to convince you. Now he's a liar. You ever wonder why every time a demon was cast out, before Jesus cast out the demon, he told him to shut up. Now the demons were, these are evil spirits, angels who used to be with him, they fell. They were confessing who he was. Now, how do you get saved? By believing that Jesus is the Christ. True? Every demon that saw him began to testify. And they all would say, we know who thou art. Thou art the Christ. He'd say, shut up. Hold your peace. Why? He didn't want the people to believe on him through the testimony of a liar. Yeah. Now, when you study the word of God, you discover something interesting about the devil. You will find in the book of Luke, when he approached Jesus, and then Matthew 4, in the temptation, he quoted scripture. But you got to watch how he quotes them. See, those of you who have been having folks come to your door, want to talk to you, they can quote scripture. But you got to watch how they quote the scripture. 
He comes as an angel of what is light? Knowledge. Come full of revelation. Books in the Bible, reading revelation, ready to help you. Your first question is, who is, who is the Christ? If any man does not believe that Jesus is the Christ, is an antichrist. I don't want to hear he's a prophet, he's a good man and all that. Is he the Christ? The son of the living God? Not A, but D. Satan said to Jesus, now imagine the bearer talking to the light. So the bearer said to the light, because he knew the light knows the light. He says, I put you on this high pinnacle. I want you to see all the glories of the kingdom. He said, if you jump down here, you know it is written. And he, Satan started quoting. Now Satan been quoting to some of you all a lot of things. He said, now you know, you could do this, ain't nobody gonna know. Plus the Bible does say, if you sin. Now don't get quiet now. Satan quoted that, and he, he quoted, but it's out of context. Here's what Satan quoted in Matthew. We can read it tonight. He says, it is written. He's talking to the one who wrote it. That he will give his angels. Now he's quoting Psalms. The devil quoting Psalms. This is the New Testament. The devil knows Psalms. You all don't understand. He says it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you if you dash your foot against the stone. Now, when you go back and read the verse in Psalms, it says that the Lord will uphold you if you fall unintentionally. His angels shall bear you up. Now you know them two quotes sound close. <laughs> so what was Jesus' answer? His answer was, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He didn't get deep. He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He got angry at this man twisting his own words against him. Now, the Bible says if you fall, you trip, the Lord will bear you up. He's telling Jesus, jump. <laughs> Everybody say, know the word. His devices are very, very cunning. Say, so oh, you know, you, you, can, you, 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 can, you, you can go with him. He ain't saved, but you know, you use a powerful Christian, you can get him saved. After all, the Bible says, you know, you're supposed to preach the gospel to every creature, including this creature. I mean, the devil just twists it. Yeah, but the Bible also says, be in the world, but don't be a part of the world. You marry this man, you're, in, you, you're marrying the world. So we get all this scheming of the devil. Very, very cunning. But we know that he's a defeated foe. And we are going to overcome him after this week. I'm telling you, you're going to have such a boldness, he's going to be nervous about you. As a matter of fact, 
I could almost hear the demons screaming now saying, shut him up. I ain't going to shut up till I'm finished. I'm going to finish and teach this for the rest of the month. We're going to get to know this guy, and we're going to whoop him. Amen? Stand up on your feet. Let's go home. Hallelujah. Everybody say, be bold. Be, bold. be, strong. be strong. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Now give the Lord a big hand clap today for his word. Thank you for joining us today. Wow, what a blessing. We're going to finish this tonight. Hold your neighbor's hands. Let's pray and give the Lord thanks for his word. This is a product of the Resource Production Department of Bahamas Faith Ministries International, a multifaceted ministry touching the four corners of the globe. If you would like more information about the ministry, products, conference schedules, brochures, catalogs, or ministry travel information, please write to Bahamas Faith Ministries International, The Diplomat Center, P.O. Box N9583, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, destiny is your choice. What you do not know could and is destroying the potential of your life. It's your choice. It's your destiny.